I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. For you, I was Sports Canada. I'm your host, Wayne Lewis, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors took down the Cleveland Cavaliers by a score of 112 to 96. It was uh, a bit of an easy win, which is nice, you know? This is one of those games where, you know, I'm a pro, but I definitely watched this game in bed with my laptop. Like, it was one of those kind of games. Um, very stress-free. And, you know, even the Cavaliers, I mean, it was a four-point game with, like, under a minute left in the third quarter. And it was like, okay, you know, Cavs are hanging around. Raps were kind of inconsistent, but you weren't you weren't worried. The Raptors were going to handle the Cavaliers. Um, you know, the Raptors might not be that good of a team, but, uh, they could beat the Cavs. They could beat the Cavs, especially a Cavs team that didn't have Colin Sexton, which I got to say, a big relief. Um, Colin Sexton really, really, really demoralized the Raptors in a, in a, in a win for Cleveland earlier this season. You know, that was, that's tough. That was one of, that was one of Norm's last memories as a Raptor, which, um, not great. I think the next game they... Beat Denver and then um, Norm was gone. So that was literally one of Norm's last memories was uh, getting punked by Colin Sexton. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was uh, it was an easy win, and this was a, a game where the Raptors didn't even shoot the three very well, which is great um, because you know the. I just gotta say, I feel like the Raptors are really three point dependent, which you could probably say about most teams in the modern NBA. You know, obviously, like. Threes are like half the offense in the NBA now, if not more. Um, but I feel like it, it, the Raptors are especially three-point dependent. And actually, John Schumann of NBA.com, the uh, great stats guru there and the writer there, uh, he put out a graphic where kind of showed basically three-point variance as to sort of if teams shoot above league average on a particular game versus if they shoot below league average on a particular game, uh, how much does that affect their win percentage? And obviously... If you make more shots, you win more games. But relative to each other, right? What is the biggest difference? Which team is most reliant on getting uh, hot from the three-point line? Raptors are clearly one of the teams at the top there. But today, today, the Raptors got whatever they wanted against the Cavs. Um, The three-point shot wasn't dropping. The Raptors shot 8 of 29. But the Raptors are super efficient uh, getting to the basket. Really, really good performance. Um... From their forwards, Pascal and OG, both finishing with 20-plus. Even coming off the bench, Utah was giving them nine, all right? And Malachi was sensational in the second half. But, yeah, the Raptors just got to the rim. And the Cavs actually played a zone, which um, makes sense. The Raptors, again, shot eight of 29 from three. So you can zone on a night like that. Uh, It's a bit of a gamble, but still. But, yeah, the Raptors has had a lot of great passing sequences. Like, the 32 assists, isn't that remarkable? Because we've seen, you know, like, earlier this season, we've seen the Raptors hit 32. We've seen the Raptors hit, like, 40 in previous years and things like that. Um, but 
you rarely see 30-plus assists in the modern NBA with only eight made threes. That really shows some really good interior passing, some really good ball movement. And, yeah, there's a lot of nice, you know, high-low passing from the Raptors in the post. Um, you know, you want to see those kind of performances. You really do. It's just fun to watch. And there was a lot of really good ball movement tonight, a lot of good uh, tiki-taka sequences. And um, they got the win. And, really... You know, the guy who cracked this game wide open was Malachi Flynn, who, I mean, 18 points on six shots for Malachi today. Sensational performance. Incredible efficiency from the point guard position. Let's be honest, we don't often see that from Kyle or Fred. Um, but 18 shots on six, 18 points on six shots is, is pretty, pretty nice. And yeah, it, the weird thing was Malachi was very quiet in the first half. Um, he had one play where he was... Isoing against uh, uh, Cabangele, um of the uh, the Cavaliers, and he's a big man. Uh, I believe uh, immigrant to Canada as well. He's Canadian. Um, but yeah, you know Malachi had Cabangele on a switch and uh, crossed him up so hard that Malachi also crossed himself and he also stumbled. He scored because you know the recovery was late and he got to the free throw line, but. Malachi only had two points heading into the last minute of the third quarter. And that's where the best play in this game <laughs> occurred, which was Kevin Love just showing incredible disdain uh, for his job. You know, um, there's this viral video that's been going around. This, uh, this TikTok of this this, this this guy with a beard. Not even a beard, a mustache. Um, and he, he's just making a series of jokes about, you know, what it's like to work customer service um, at an IKEA. Needless to say, it's it's not pleasant, as you can imagine. If anyone's ever worked retail, um, it's definitely not pleasant. But anyway, um, yeah, that was basically Kevin Love working his his job as an NBA player. Which I gotta say, listen, there's a big difference between working in IKEA and having people ask you to go check in the back versus playing NBA basketball and getting paid like 30 plus million to just inbound a basketball properly. And, um, you know, I, I get it. You know, the Cavs probably must be miserable to play on. Okay. Kevin's probably like, you know what? You know, I should be a, one of the 15 washed power forwards on the nets right now. It's not fair. Life is not fair, but like, I can't, how do you even describe this play? So Kevin Love seemed to be upset because the Raptors are going hard to the offensive glass Ken Birch ended up fouling him, crashing the glass, and um, Love was knocked over, scraped his knee, floor burn. That sucks. I mean, that, that objectively sucks. If you ever had a floor burn, it, it, it's it's painful. And, you know, Love shot two free throws. He made them. And on the other play, the Raptors crashed the glass again. <laughs> and I think Freddie Gillespie knocked into Love um, as Malachi scored a layup. And... As the ball was just sort of dribbling, sort of off the off the made shot towards the back, um, towards the baseline, um, Love was the inbounder, and instead of just inbounding the ball, he like slapped at the ball, like he was frustrated, he was mad, he just slapped at the ball, and of course that pass never made it anywhere, because his point guard was expecting like an actual pass, <laughs> and instead Kevin Love slapped the ball right to Stanley Johnson. Who immediately reversed the ball to Malachi Flynn. And Malachi hit the three. That was a 5-0 run for Malachi Flynn. In a four-point game to stretch it immediately to nine points. Just off of that play alone. And 
Yeah, I mean, it was it's like four seconds. Malachi had five points. This guy's new Reggie Miller. Um, and then, yeah, the next play down, the, the Cavs turn it over. The Raptors got on transition, and Freddie Gillespie is the trailer. The Raptors find him, and he's fouled by Love. So, like, just an abysmal close to the third quarter by Cleveland, who were kind of hanging around for a bit. From that point on, where the Raptors had complete control, they hit some threes as well. They completely uh, knocked the game wide open. And and Love, I mean, he didn't play in the, th- the fourth quarter. Every I checked. Every other rotation player for the Cavaliers, every other player on the Cavs who got minutes tonight, got minutes in the fourth quarter except for Kevin Love, who, you know, I mean, like, Yo, he's paying paid like $33 million, $34 million, man. Like, what kind of move is that? Like, yeah, you got knocked and whatever. Like, you know, you never, what, you never had a foul go uncalled in Tampa? Like, just inbound the ball, inbound the ball and keep it pushing. Like, I don't know what to say, really. In any case, Malachi was sensational. Um, that, that really got him started. And, yeah, he was really, really good in the fourth quarter. Um, I thought he controlled the game really well on that front. He did a really good job of getting inside and driving. Driving, probing, creating openings, and whether he was going to score off of those sequences or that he was going to dish it off. And I think he found Utah for a cutting dunk and also for a corner three. Like, it was just great to see Malachi break down the defense and get inside. You know, a lot of these times, uh, you know, we've seen Malachi be paired with Kyle Lowry or, or Fred Van Vliet. And, you know, when that happens, just like it was tonight, um, you'll see a lot of Malachi deferring to other guys. Or not even deferring, but calling their number instead of calling his own number. And that's fine, right? Of course, you want to see them share the ball. And, you know, obviously, you, you hope the offense, you know, moves to whoever has the best advantage. But I, I feel like Malachi's less aggressive with his own shot when he does have another guard out there with him, another point guard. But... Today in the fourth quarter, it was Malachi's turn to sort of take over, and he did a really good job. He hit a three. He got fouled on a three. And he just generally, you know, was really good. I don't know. I mean, this game didn't really need closing, you know, in a sense, because the Raptors were in control. But, like, in so much the Raptors had to finish off the game and and hold off whatever comeback push from the Cavs that never really came. Um it was Malachi who was out there doing it. And, you know, this fourth quarter Malachi thing has become a real thing, man. Fourth quarter Flynn. I think he's, uh, you know, if uh, if Red Van Vliet and all these other nicknames don't really pan out, um, maybe uh, fourth quarter Flynn or something like that. But he's uh, he's he's had moments. He's had real moments. I really enjoyed the way he played. And, you know, I, I think this is a game where the Raptors clearly wanted to get their bench more involved, more engaged. They didn't have Gary Trent Jr., but they did have the rest of their guys on the bench I mean, quite honestly, the ball did move better. Uh, But also, like, I think, you know, the Raptors were smart in doing that, obviously, because they're playing a back-to-back. They're playing five games this week. So they're playing a set of four games in five nights. Actually, I don't know if it's four games in five nights. But in any case, they're going on a West Coast road trip. They're playing Brooklyn. They're playing at home. And then they're playing Denver. They're playing Utah. They're playing the Lakers twice. And then they're playing the Wizards, who lost today in overtime to San Antonio. Shout out to Marta Rosen. Uh, you know, incredible player, DeMar DeRozan, um, closing that game out. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's a tough stretch. So, with it being a back-to-back, it made sense to limit the starters' minutes, and I liked it. Nobody really played heavy minutes. Kyle was the, the leader, 34 minutes there, 32 for Fred, 32 for OG, 31 for Pascal. That's obviously a lot better than, I mean, they were all playing like 40 minutes against the Knicks the other day on the weekend. 
And we got to see Malachi play 24 minutes, and that's much better because he played like six against the Knicks. And he did a really good job. He really closed it out strong. And that's what you would love to see. You know, Nick Nurse had a lot of praise for Malachi after the game as well. But I thought it was just a better performance on the bench as a whole. Utah came in, was pretty energetic and pretty good with his defense. Uh, the Raptors played a box and one for stretches uh, against uh, Darius Garland. And um, yeah, Utah is, was the one. Which, you know, listen, that's not the first time it's happened. We saw it against... Um, Saw it against the Bulls when the Raptors played the Bulls and against Zach Levine, uh, the, the one in that box and one was Utah, and and maybe that's maybe you know his nickname the Chosen One in Japan. Uh, maybe the Chosen One is referring to the one in, in that Nick Nurse chooses for the box and one because uh, he's he's good in that role. He really is. His length, his quickness, his activity is strong, and he filled in quite nicely. You know, cutting inside for dunks. Had two mid-range jumpers, two getting into the middle of the zone, uh, flashing to that you know elbow area, catching the ball, quickly turning around for a jumper. Hit two of those. He was very efficient, obviously. Didn't miss a shot. Uh, nine points for Utah. Um, and even Stanley Johnson gave him a great, great push. I thought Stanley was really, really solid. Um, you know, I, he wasn't initially in the rotation. The first half, the Raptors rolled with Freddie Gillespie, Malachi Flynn, Utah Watanabe, uh, Rodney Hood, and uh, DeAndre Bembry. Hood had not done much and Bembry was like actively bad which is rare um you he left like a layup like a wide open layup short um he made some silly turnovers like you don't usually see that performance from Bembry I guess he hasn't played much of late so it's maybe hard to get his rhythm but um yeah the Raptors and and Freddie Gillespie was in foul trouble too I didn't think he played great um but in the second half Nick Nurse rolled with Stanley Johnson and Stanley was great I mean I think the box score only says three points two rebounds and assists to steal 11 minutes, but I just thought Stanley gave them a nice punch of energy and he kept the ball moving. I don't know if Nick necessarily sees Stanley as like a zone buster per se, because you wouldn't think a guy like Stanley is a zone buster, especially considering he's not, no one considers him a threat to shoot. But if you remember earlier the season against the, the Heat when the Raptors played them, um, you know, Stanley was really good against their zone. And I don't know if that specific game was in Nick's mind or anything like that, but. Stanley seemed to come in. I just moved the ball well. I think that's part of the thing. You just need quick ball movement. You just need guys to sort of swing the ball around. And Stanley gave you some physicality as well. But no mistakes from Stanley this time. Um, and just played in his role quite well. 11 minutes, all of them in the second half. That's pretty good. And, yeah, the Raptors were able to close it out. The bench was actually able to extend the lead, which was great to see. And then the starters came back in and, you know, they just closed it out. I mean, whether that was Pascal Driving downhill, getting to the basket with ease, spin move, finishing, hit two threes, two of five from three, which, hey, listen, if Haskell can go two of five from three every single game, I'd be thrilled. I'd be absolutely thrilled. Pass on the at the free throw line. I felt like there were very few calls at the basket, so I understand. Um, there were a couple of co- plays where Pascal sort of um, had some contact. To be honest, Pascal himself was dealing with foul trouble, five fouls. That hurt his, his, his playing time. He only played 31 because of it. But he was solid. OG was really good. I liked OG's performance a lot. Um, so this is the fourth straight game that OG's had 20-plus uh, points. And unlike the previous three games, OG was actually not relying on the three. Um, you know, not that OG has to rely on the three as in, like, he's Kyle Corver or something, right? But, like, you know, generally speaking, if OG's going to have a 20-point game, he's probably made, like, three or four threes. And today, OG was 0 for 5 from three, but he was 9 of 10 from the two-point range. Uh, and that was great to see. Um, and OG was able to drive downhill and get at the, the Cavs in the paint repeatedly. 
And I really love seeing that, you know. And there was one play where he drove, posted Jared Allen, and patiently worked to uh, to get to his left hand for a reverse layup. And that's, you know, Jared Allen's a very good shot blocker. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I really liked OG's game. I think he's really progressing in terms of, like, learning how to drive, finding the reads and the kickouts as well. There's one play in the four, in the second half where OG drove, um, collapsed the defense, drew the, the the help defense. The Cavs are pretty help conscious as a, as a team. They're not just they're just not very defensively conscious in general. But um, OG after the drive, drawing drawing the second defender, kicked it to Fred in the corner, and that's the kind of play that you see happen all the time with like Kyle or Fred or even Pascal, right? But to see OG also learn and have that sort of sense of um, you know where to go in the offense has been great to see. I mean, he's in a really nice rhythm of late. And he's just had a, a really nice year. I mean, listen, man, nine of ten from two point range. That's that's like that's like, De- like a DeAndre Jordan kind of stat. Um, speaking of DeAndre Jordan, uh, we basically had that kind of performance from Kem Birch, who uh, matched his previous career high with fourteen points in twenty nine minutes. Um, great to see Kem and Kyle Lowry show some uh, chemistry there. Listen, um, Kyle has always had a pick and roll partner over the years, and it's been kind of sad watching this season. On that front, uh, in addition to other fronts, let's be real. But on that front specifically, just because the Raptors, you know, that pick and roll game, that central pick and roll game is is uh, is, is such a big part of, you know, what the Raptors have run over the years. And, you know, we've seen it with Kyle. Like, literally, in my mind, I'm seeing Kyle pick and roll with Amir Johnson. We're seeing Kyle Lowry pick and roll with Jonas Valanciunas. Kyle Lowry pick and pop with Patrick Patterson. Kyle Lowry, you know, pick and roll with even, like, you know, Baby Nagara or, like, uh, pick and pop in the mid range with 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 um, Serge Ibaka. That's probably the most prolific one, if it's not the JV one. But like Kyle's always had guys to work with in the pick and roll, and like even Bismack Biombo, man, he worked a lot of good games with Bismack Biombo. Like we went to the freaking conference finals and took two games off the championship Cavaliers with LeBron, Kevin Love, and uh, Kyrie. With Kyle Lowry running pick and rolls with Bismack Biombo, man, this man was working magic with Luis Scola. Like, who was, like, 66 years old at that point and eligible for, for uh, Mardana, like, at that point in 2016. Like, that's who Kyle Lowry was working pick and roll with. And this year, like, I've just never seen Kyle not be able to set up a guy. And that was just the case. Like, he, you could, like, lead a horse to water. You can't force him to drink. And, like, Aaron Baines literally had, like, the hooves. His hands were like hooves on, on a horse. Like, he just wasn't working. And I've never seen that happen. But Kyle's finally able to now play with a guy who, again, it's not like Ken Burch is some sort of prolific offensive player. He definitely isn't. But, like, what you're seeing from Ken Burch is just the ability to jump and catch a pass and to finish. And, you know, it's not like the Raptors are throwing him the passes into traffic. Like, Kyle's basically just showing trust in a way that I don't think Kyle had trust in some of these other guys because the other guys weren't trustworthy. And what we're seeing is, like, so Kyle would come off the pick and roll today. And the Cavs would would blitz. They they would show two guys at the ball and try to force Kyle to you know away from the pass, cut his momentum off, maybe swing to the wing, and then the defense can reset, cut the pl- just basically uh, stop the play in its tracks. And Kyle was able to read this, and he was just able to throw the pass when the help came, just throw the pass blindly over the top and in, into that area around the free throw line, maybe a little bit inside the free throw line. And just with the trust that Ken Birch will be able to jump to catch that ball and then make a play with it. And and, and Kyle recorded five of his ten assists just to Ken Birch rolling to the basket. And Birch had a couple of dunks. Birch had a couple of um, 
you know, push shots in the lane, some little, uh, you know, push floaters kind of thing. And yeah, there you go, 14 points. I mean, listen, it's not hard to play with Kyle Lowry. It really is very easy to play with Kyle Lowry. He is so good at accentuating what other players like to do. Um, And yeah, it's just been, it's been fun to watch, I think, honestly. I think it's been a relief. And to be honest, as a fan, I, I just like, that's a big part of Kyle's game that I didn't get to see this year, which kind of sucks, right? Like, it really kind of sucks. And I'm going to look up the passing numbers now. In terms of players who have received a pass from Kyle Lowry and shot the ball, okay? Um, this season, Aaron Baines was at 41% shooting. And, like, just think about that, 41% shooting. Like, that's just not good. Like, I've seen Kyle, like... Yeah, that's 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 mad low. In any case, um, what is Birch at right now? This is before today's game. The numbers are at fifty percent uh, on passes off of Kalari uh, from Kyle Lowry. Ken Birch shooting fifty percent. Imagine that's shooting up to sixty percent after this game. Um, even even like a Boucher, fifty two percent. Like you, you would again. Like it's not hard to finish and play around Kyle, but yeah, it just had not been uh, not been working with Baines. In any case. That was a nice avenue. The Raptors just got a lot of good passes, honestly, uh, throughout the course of the game. I think there were a lot of really nice plays. And, again, the Cavs are just not very good. And they don't care. And, honestly, their they're most veteran player, their most uh, accomplished player, their most well-paid player, I mean, he was out to lunch. And that's kind of what it is. So, uh, in terms of your other note, you know, notes from the game, I thought... Um, it wasn't the greatest game from Fred. I mean, defensively, I had no issues with it. He just couldn't make his outside shots, you know, try to get inside for layups. Early on, he had two really impressive layups. Um, one with the left hand, one with the right hand. Um, but, you know, over the course of the game, the, the Cavs were really packing it in. And so it really needed Fred to hit some outside shots. He wasn't able to make those. Uh, Freddie Gillespie got into some foul trouble. Um, he's had a couple of quiet performances of late. I don't know what specifically is the issue there. I think, I mean, some of them, he just like, he missed like an open dunk, for example. But, um, I think, I think part of it is just like, he's going to feed off the other guys and the, the bench as a whole offensively have not that looked that great. Uh, Freddie Gillespie finally got called for his first moving screen, by the way, which, um, yeah, he's been moving on a lot of screens, which is great. Listen, every good screener is going to move on some of their screens and, and Freddie's been doing a good job of screening, but I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I'm would really like to see Freddie kind of pick it up again. I mean, he had a really nice game against the Nets the last time. Obviously this time with KD is going to be a little different, but, uh, hopefully he has a nice game there. Um, and yeah, we'll see what the Raptors do against the, the, the Nets. Um, presumably they might have some more guys back. I think Gary missed today's game with some sort of like lower body bruise or whatever, like, I don't know, man. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see his fit. But in any case, um, yeah, the, the the basically the next week and a bit is going to determine the whole season. I mean, you know, the Raptors are in the position they are now. They're either going to make the playoffs or they're going to make the lottery. Or I guess they're going to make the lottery regardless. But like, you know, we'll we'll see what the outcome of the season is. And yeah, honestly, if they can beat, if they can come out of this stretch like three and three or even four and two. Like, they would deserve to make the playoffs, honestly, because that would be a team you would actually want to see because they're playing some really tough teams now. Brooklyn's got KD back. I mean, KD was cooking um, in his first game, uh, his return. Um, they're going to be playing Denver. I mean, Denver, obviously, you know, they don't have uh, Murray anymore, and they even lost Will Barton of late, but uh, still a very good team. And Utah, um, 
they've also cooled off a little bit, but they're still really good. Also, but then again, they lost to Minnesota today. That's that's odd. Uh, they play the Lakers. You know, they they got AD back. We'll see if LeBron's back for it. Probably not, but we'll see. And then the Clippers. And the Clippers are a tough opponent for the Raptors. The Raptors lost to the Clippers twice last season, which uh, r- should really be three times considering we lost um, Kawhi to them as well. And now Surge. Damn, that sucks. But hopefully we beat the Clippers. Uh, and then the Wizards. So if the Raptors can finish that stretch, that six-game stretch with like a 3-3 three and three record or even 4-2, and two, like, yeah, I would be excited to see what they do in the playoffs because, you know, that would that would say to me that this team can do some damage, but you never really know. And, and having expectations of this season is has been very very difficult. You're more likely or not to be disappointed. So in terms of your three stars from this game, first star I'm giving that to Malachi Flynn. 18 points, five rebounds, five assists, two steals, a turnover. I think that turnover was at the very end of the game when he was dribbling out the clock. Um, so that's going to hurt his assist to turnover ratio. But So I'm really considering that a zero turnover game, considering that's just him showing good sportsmanship and dribbling it out. But yeah, four of six shooting, two of four from three, eight of eight from the free throw line. Only thing I would, only small, tiny thing I would nitpick from this game was Malachi came off a screen, curled around a screen for a jumper, which you don't usually see Malachi doing that much. But he curled around a screen, and he didn't really position himself well, was leaning into the shot, leaning in to the three-point line, despite the fact that his defender wasn't actually on his hip. I think that was just poor recognition. In any case, I, I want to see him develop playing uh, as the off guard, and that's one of the ways you got to do it. You got to learn how to play off the ball, get your shot off, um, get a clean shot off around the screen without the ball. And yeah, other than that, though, Malachi was sensational, man. He was really, really good in the fourth quarter. Really fun, honestly. Uh, In terms of your second star, I'm giving that to OG Anobi. 20 points, uh, 32 minutes, 9 of 15 shooting, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, a block. Sensational. He had one play late in the game where he was... Damien Dotson was trying to ISO against OG, and literally there was like 14 seconds left on the shot clock. Dotson tried an assortment of moves, and I get it, whatever. It's just Damian Dotson, whatever. It's not a big deal, right? Trying to turn a Benz into that Dotson. Anyway, um, you really have this guy trying to just dribble and get a shot off against OG, and OG just locked this man up. This man put him in a, in a cage in a zoo. Like, this guy... <laughs> OG was like cutting it off, off on the hand on, on the dribble on the drive. Dotson had to reset, and then you know he went from the wing to the the corner and try to attack from there. And then OG ended up blocking him, and it was a shot clock violation. Like it was it was tough, but yeah, OG was sensational. I, I liked his offense a lot too. But that defensive play at the end was was uh, was great. And then your third star, we need that to Pascal Siakam, twenty five points, five rebounds, four assists, uh, eleven of nineteen shooting, hit two threes tonight. Very good at times. You know there were like. Three or four, four shots, but you pretty much expect to see that from him on a nightly basis. Uh, but yeah, he was pretty efficient otherwise, especially attacking one-on-one, was able to get whatever he wanted and hit two threes, which is, uh, listen, I, I don't think anyone will complain if Pascal shot two or five every night from three. Uh, in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award winner, that's got to go to Isaac Okoro. 20 points for Okoro. It's a team high. Uh, 8 of 16 was bricks from 3, 1 of 8, but got inside the paint and uh, finished reliably in there. Um, yeah, I mean, he was really bad from the first two games I've seen from Raptors-Cavs, so he was much better today. He stood out to me, and uh, we'll see. I mean, listen, he was a high, high pick for Cleveland, so hopefully he pans out. So that does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. If you haven't already, go check in on the live call-in show. Uh, me and Josh took calls. Uh, from Raptor fans uh, earlier today. So go listen back to it. It was a really fun episode. And aside from that, 
I'll be back tomorrow. The Raptors are going to play the Nets. And, you know, we'll see. If the Raptors can sweep the Nets, that'd be pretty fun. Uh, before we sweep them in the playoffs, just like we did last year. Am I right, guys? No. Uh, but in any case, uh, that would be a big game. And if the Raptors can win that game, it'd be a nice little momentum to take on the West Coast road trip. And if they don't, well, I mean, would you be surprised if the Raptors couldn't beat Katie and Kyrie? I, I wouldn't be that surprised. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, I'll check in tomorrow. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.